Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations faced with life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive in to today's show. Well, hey, and welcome to another edition of the Victor Mark Show. Uh, I want to thank you for listening today and, and every day. Before we get into today's episode, I want to share with you something of extreme value that we're offering. We all know that the media can be biased when it comes to news. Well, that's why we created what we call the Daily Intelligence Brief, or the DIB. This is delivered straight to your inbox each morning. This brief is designed to get you up to speed on the real news of the day. There's no opinions, just facts. So go to victormarks.com and sign up for Daily Intelligence Brief. It's victormarks.com forward slash brief. Now, you know, recently I was reflecting on all the many times that I've spoken at churches throughout the country. And, you know, I've really got great fond memories of those talks. And we've met so many great people. And we have seen God do some miraculous things throughout the years. Well, fortunately, we have the recordings of those messages. And on today's program, we want to air what I like to call a classic message from our audio vault. On one occasion, I had the opportunity to speak at Calvary Chapel Joplin in Joplin, Missouri. Remember where the tornado came through and just decimated the town? Well, man, I got to tell you, I love that church. I love the pastor and the people. I think you'll be encouraged as I shared some amazing stories of God's faithfulness about one of our trips to Iraq. We were in a very ravaged part of the world, and it was incredible to see all that God was doing on this trip. Okay, I don't want to take up any more of our time, so let's get to the message on this edition of The Victor Mark Show. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's great to be here. And hello to all my friends who've traveled. A number of you have traveled a good distance to get here. I'm grateful. And Facebook folks. And and actually, I think former staff of the Turners here. Where, there they are. I love y'all. Okay. Dave and Karen, his wife, went on staff when we first started the ministry. And I was so nervous, because I was like, hey man, uh, you like got a real job. You sure you want to come into ministry? I don't know how long I can pay you for. It's ministry. And they were like, we're doing this for the Lord, not you, Victor. So let all that pressure get off of you. And they came and served. and. Well, we learned a thing or two about spiritual warfare during those days, huh? <laughs> that was the time when we were in juvenile prisons pretty intensely. And um, uh, that was the first time I had a, a girl manifest a demon in, her, in a juvenile facility. That was interesting. <laughs> I didn't even know what to do. I was like, hey, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? I should have read all them scriptures on the demoniac deal. <laughs> And I was like, uh, I think we better get some pigs first or something. <laughs> I don't have a lot of IQ, but I use them all. 
And then I think we have friends here who are actually in Mosul at the time where we were, which Mosul right now, really good time to get property. <laughs> it, right? I mean, you got to be good at handiwork and refurbishing and shooting. But outside of those two things, <laughs> good time to get property. <laughs> so what would Jesus do? Just by way of, just raise your hand. You don't know me. You never heard me speak. You don't know nothing about me. Raise your hand real high. All right, good. Then I'm going to put out a disclaimer. <laughs> what would Jesus do? I'm not that type of guy that wears those wristbands. If I wore anything, it'd be like, what would Peter do? That's kind of, I'm more like him. I'd be the disciple that calls Jesus to do his last miracle <laughs> before the crucifixion, right? Victor, oh my gosh, it's an ear, really? <laughs> Put the knife away. And one thing about Peters who are just like go-getters, <clears throat> we're all about it. We're all about it, right? Ah. But without God's spirit, in the moment of great need, we fold. And you find out really how lacking you are apart from God's strength. Does that make sense? I mean, apart from the power of God and his truth, there's no way. It's like when you face a demon in somebody's life and there's a manifestation I remember one time I was praying for an older fella, and uh, he was a Gentile man, and you know, in church for years and all that, and and we agreed I'd pray for him. And I'll never forget, we're in a hotel area, and he was sitting in a chair, and all of a sudden, you know, he he changed. He was like, "I will kill you." I, this demon started talking out of him with. He was angry. He was an angry little demon. And he was like, I'll kill you. And he's using potty mouth. And I'm going, I don't think you can because you're captured, demon. <laughs> they just talk a lot. They, that's how they influence people through lies. And I forget that man got free. It was pretty amazing. As soon as he's done, he got up. He goes, can I pray for you? Because <laughs> he's like, that demon was really... He wants to kill you. I go, they all do. Don't worry. <laughs> the power of God is what protects us, sustains us, and uh, keeps us from fearing. Because, man, you start talking about demons, people get all afraid. Everybody gets quiet in church, too. It's like, don't, don't wake them up, Victor. <laughs> I'll let you in with a secret. They're already awoke. And a lot of them are here. <laughs> Demons study, stalk you, torment you, drive you. I'm not, I'm not talking about for Christians. You'll never hear me say a Christian can be possessed. I don't follow that theology. Possession actually is not even a great term. That denotes ownership. Uh, not so much. But influence, right? Uh, in martial arts, if you throw a, a faint, you know, at somebody and they jerk, and that's all you want to get, isn't that enough? Just that? Do you actually have to hit them to make them move? Not always. Trust you me, because you may be setting them up for this. Boom, boom. That's how the demonic are. They lie. They tell kids all kind of stuff. And people think children don't get affected by the demonic. Give me a break. 
Look at who Jesus dealt with so much in the New Testament. Children. Parents, you got to sit down with your kids and go, hey, do you ever hear weird things in your mind? Tell mom. Hey, tell dad, what, what is it you hear? You'll be amazed when your kids tell you, uh, well, yeah, I mean, sometimes I just hear, y'all don't love me. Or I, I can't never do anything right. Or y'all are going to heaven and I'm not. Or I need a new video game. <laughs> that's when you say that's definitely demonic. <laughs> just rebuke that thought. I can't spend any more money. It's like, I told my son, no more money on Legos, boo. You ain't even going to college now. I spent your college money on Legos, okay? So you better hope we can cash that in later for a GED or something. My kids are homeschooled. I don't even know what grade they're in. And I'm pretty much being serious. Because my wife was moving the grades around a little bit because she was the principal. She's... He's like, well, I know y'all different ages, but I think it's easier homeschooling if we put you in the same grade. My daughter was like, there's no way he's smarter than me. Fighting and all that. I was like, stop it. But uh, they had a good summer trip, and they went to Iraq. Can you imagine them telling their school this year? Because we put them in a, some type of charter school. I, I don't know. I, babysitting to me, go, learn, be around humans, and uh, can you imagine, what did you do this summer? Uh, I went to Iraq, ISIS tried to kill my dad a lot, uh, we, we helped rescue the, the orphans, and we had babies in our house, and, and ISIS wanted to kill my dad, and then we had to hide one time, because they, they still wanted to kill my dad. <laughs> They probably get sent to the principal's office. Your child is delusional and lying. <laughs> really? Look at these pictures. <laughs> hey, you want to see some pictures? Yeah. I brought some from my summer trip <laughs> to Iraq. You okay with me? Some of you are going, man, dang guest speakers. I came to hear the word of God expounded. And all I can see is, I'd rather be sitting there listening to the Word of God expounded too. But, so that's my girlfriend. <laughs> she doubles as my wife. I think she has her hand on my backside right there, squeezing. <laughs> yeah, the principal. She does that. I'm serious. Some of the most serious pictures, she's going... Could you just? She said, "Loves it because you can get away with it, woman. Cut it out." I, we were over there. I think we got in an argument. Because can you imagine the stress of a marriage in Iraq? And I got in an argument. I was like, "You know what? We're in a different country. I can get me another wife. I can. I can do some add-ons." <laughs> I told her that, man. You best be the man in your house. I tell you, what, I was like, I can get me a couple more over here legally. She said, I think you should. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? She goes, I'll help you pick them out. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> she brings Guido, you know. 
<laughs> the enforcer. Yeah, her husband's being a jerk today. Could you take care of him? Um, so yeah, we, we foregoed the whole more wives deal. One's enough. And I'll tell you what, she's one of the most godly and blessed uh, by God women that I, people that I've ever met. My first trip in, we knew we were going to get pretty close in some bad areas. Been in Iraq six times. We finally just got a house because it's so expensive. And um, uh, unless you travel with Dave Eubank, and then that's the low budget, right? Is that, yeah, here, a blanket. Wait, I'm telling you, y'all get to know these people. There's some stories. Okay, I'll just tell one. Remember, we're in Mosul, and we're somewhere, and Dave Eubank, if you don't know him, you will look him up. Godly man, he's one of my best friends, and he is certainly not right in the head. So, but God has used him. I've been in Burma with him. I've been in, I was the one that brought him to Iraq, you know, and, uh, and kept bringing him in, and then finally I was like, oh, my gosh. So he was the one, you may have seen him on Fox News. He actually was the guy rescuing uh, a little girl from ISIS. It was, it was all over the news internationally. And uh, your brother was in that mix, right? Actually got shot uh, as part of it. So uh, anyway, Dave, we're, we're staying in a, their forward house. Thing up, and Dave always tells you just enough to get you to go a little bit further. Am I right? And then you find out a little bit more later, but it's too late. He's like, oh, yeah, this house, it's our second one because we were being targeted by ISIS because they were trying to, well, they, it was a suicide bomber, like three doors down, kept coming, getting supplies, gauging us. So I was like, and then what about this? Well, yeah, we think they're gauging it for mortars. I didn't sleep very good that night. You know, my security team, we're on top of the roof doing watch. But hey, you know what? I got shot that night. So being in Iraq, my wife, she told me the first time I was going, when we were going to a bad place, she goes, honey, I think I should go with you. I was like, no, you, no. -uh. She goes, no, yeah, I think God was. I said, no. So I showed her all kind of video and pictures of the horrendous things ISIS does to women. And finally, finally, she goes, I know you don't want me to go because there's tension in married people. You ever get tension with your, if, if our wives just knew we were always right, yeah. wouldn't it be easier? Amen. Women, women folk. And my wife, she pulled up that trump card. She goes, have you prayed? I was like, well, woman, be silent in the church. <laughs> uh, I know, I, I hardly know any scriptures and the ones I know, they're, they didn't fit. She's like, pray. So I was like, ah, and um, I prayed, and I thought I felt like the Lord saying, you need to let her go. I was like, I said, why do you want to go? I mean, I just, what do you want to, you know, I'm putting together a pretty hardcore team and former special forces guys, and we, you know, we can do our movements, and all my security's going, don't bring no wife. Are you kidding me? And all this. She goes, when you find those girls, and I know you will, she goes, you can't hug them, but I can I said, you're willing to risk your life to hug a girl? She goes, yeah. And then she goes, honey, what's the worst that can happen? We die? I said, 
yeah. And she looked at me just straight and goes, well, don't we win? I was like, you wear me out, woman. That's her faith. My wife has always been like that. Women, you don't know the power of influence you have on a husband. Um, And so much of the time, this culture makes you think your value is not that great unless you're doing something to get the attention of other or whatever. It's like, my gosh, help me. Come alongside. God knew we needed it. Right? And uh, so please don't abdicate your role or think less than the influence you have of a husband. And I'll tell you something else. Since we're talking about husband and wives, wives, ain't nobody going to pray more for your husband than you. Don't expect anybody else to. His accountability partner at church. Why is you know him better than anybody else? You're like, well, I don't even like him. <laughs> well, what's that got to do with it? <laughs> Just love him. No, it's uh, actually we're supposed to love our wives. That's what the Bible says, mm-hmm. doesn't it? When we're like, that's right. Man, y'all are quiet right now. I think my wife and I need to come back and do a marriage counseling conference for. No, husband, love your wives. Because a lot of times, you know, you want a queen, but you're, you're not treating her like that. Love your wives. Honor, respect. Let her know how valuable she is. If we're always just looking at the external, man, that's pressure on women that's dumb. Dumb. Talk about the value. Look at your wife and say, I just, I just want to say this about you. you you'll be shocked. Though. Really? Yeah. I appreciate the way you do this, that. Huh? Men and husband, love your wives. <laughs> love them. Because it's easy in that realm of intimacy just to be selfish. I just say pray. Say, Lord, teach me to love my wife physically, emotionally. Let me love her soul where she knows there's a difference. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised what the Lord do in your marriage. Me and my wife, married 28 years, five children. Been separated twice. <laughs> One time I loaded her up and the kids, I was like, I'm not feeling too well here. So you ought to leave with the kids. It was wise. Yeah, I had to have 123 visits to a trauma specialist in nine months because of my back. Ground. I was left for dead as a child when I was five years old. I've been electrocuted, tortured as a kid. Doctors said I'd never fully function. I was like, well, I never fully function anyway. <laughs> but I don't have to pay off a student loan either. But God's in that business of healing and restoration and redeeming and helping, right? We limit him. We limit Jesus, and that's wrong. So oftentimes you and I think we know Jesus, just kind of know about him. You know, what other people say. Isn't that true? Right? It's like, oh man, when you get to know him, really who he is, he's pretty cool. I mean, just read. Just, there's this ancient text. It's like secret ancient text that's been protected over the years. Scroll.
they call it the New Testament. And you can read his exact words and what he did. Because a lot of it's in red. That helps me. Oh, here it is. Learn about Jesus. Him. Because he's the prize, right? He's the reward. Everything else we do, he's just letting us be part of it. Here's my scripture this morning. We're in the book of Ephesians. And uh, I'm going to say Ephesians chapter 5. This is, um, this is a good one. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15. Now here's a little exhortation. It says, hey, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but wise. Have you ever done anything foolish? Raise your hand. See, there's foolish stuff and then there's childish stuff. Kids do childish things. And when we get a little bit older, men, women, we should outgrow the childish things, right? It's like, come on. Uh, but then, uh, apart from God, you know, and whatever, a lot of times we just do foolish things, which is nonsense. All right, we need God's help. Keep us from doing foolish things, right? And alcohol and drugs, they can really complicate things, y'all. I mean, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of us have done things on substances that we would have never done in the real life? Anybody? Anybody? Be very, and I, I'm not trying to be legalistic. You can, you can have your cup of wine, but I'm saying when you get all buzzed out and you're like, bless the Lord. <laughs> oh, please. Especially you girls. My gosh, I think alcohol has done more damage among the female population than any other drug in the world. I hate heroin, I hate crack, I hate all that other stuff. But man, alcohol lowers your ability to make good decisions. And all of a sudden, you regret decisions you did make. And then it's a lifetime of trying to believe truth over lies because the enemy will just drive that on you, drive that on you. It's like, ah. Uh, Lies, lies, lies. And if you believe the lies of the enemy long enough, guess what? They become your truth. That's when you're in trouble. Because then you believe, well, I can never. And no, I'm not. And girls and guys, man, no way. We got to get where God's truth in us. And this is it. Ephesians 15, he says, hey, don't, don't walk as fools, but as wise. Verse 16, this is it. Redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. Redeeming the time. I'm in my 50s now. And um, <laughs> it's amazing how that does sneak up on you. On me. I was like, what in the world happened? But I'll tell you what. He's telling us right here, you got to redeem the time. Your time. Because I know one thing for sure. We all gonna die. And it's like, he's talking about demons. He's talking about death. I don't like this man. <laughs> if you stay fearful and not, if you don't know the Lord personally in a relationship, you should be worried. Because you, you don't have any power over demons or death. You should be very concerned because your eternity is in the balance. And that's why I spend time sharing the truth of God's word that. Christ saying that he really came to set the captives free. He came to destroy the works of darkness. 
And he came to reconcile people to God. Hey, thanks for joining us today. And listen, we ran out of time, so we're going to continue with this message tomorrow. So make sure you tune in. Okay, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, do it for the glory of God, full throttle. Now, go get it done. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time. 